Hello and welcome to Omens and Epiphanies. I'm Grace and I'm going on a journey and boy is it a journey. I hope you'll join me. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I have not recorded for a couple of months, probably. I to be super honest with you. Um, so I'm a part-time teacher starting next year. So because of the pandemic and because of, um, so I relearned how to be a teacher. I had to learn how to teach again. I had to learn how to teach over Zoom. I had to learn new technologies. And then um, two months before the end of school, they were like, hey, now go back. <laughs> go back in person. But only a third of your kids will be there with you. <laughs> Another third will be there on a different day, and then the final third will only be online. So figure out how to do that. It's going to be fine, though. Uh, it was not fine, but I made it through anyway, so <laughs> that's why I kind of stopped. So right now it's the middle of July. Um, I'm finally picking this up back up again. I think that I'm going to do this every other week, so um, don't get too sad if I don't show up again next week for death, um, which, by the way, is going to be a freaking cool episode, but I digress. Um, in those couple of months, I've decided that I've been doing things a little bit differently than I would like to. Um, I've, when I first started this podcast, my entire goal was to explore um, spirituality. I've been, um, I've been a shaman daughter, basically, is what I've been called, a shaman in training with a wonderful, wonderful woman from Germany. Um, she came over when she was very young to the United States. She studied with shamans all over the world. And shaman is not a native term to her. Um, but I, I've i been trying to explore whether or not that's cultural appropriation. Um, being a white woman, I don't want to... I don't... I, I want to be anti-racist. And so really looking into the practices and see what kind of spirituality matches what I believe, which on a surface level is that I have power on my own and I am reincarnated. Um, every time I have a new life, I have to learn something new. I have to find new people, but also there's people that exist in the world with me. So I've been trying to figure out what spirituality that exists in, um, what that's called, and whether or not it's problematic. <laughs> and so far, um, spirit animals are problematic. I do still feel like this, the natural world speaks to me, but I think that most most spiritualities believe that. So that's okay. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to do was to share with you um, some tarot or some divination magics. So I've been using the lens of the tarot to explore the different forms of spirituality. Um, so for instance, today we're talking about the hanged man, which brought me into Norse mythology, which brought me into deity work. <laughs> so we're going to go through that, that path together today. But um, I feel like I've been spending way too much time in the beginning just describing the tarot cards because I, I have so many and I love them all. But I'm just going to pick one. The other thing that I really want to do um, is, so this is omens and epiphanies. So the omens part are the tarot cards or the reading. And the epiphanies is the spiritual practice attached to it. Um, so 
that Norse mythology or that deity work is the epiphanies part. But I think what I want to do at the end of these to wrap everything up is just do a tarot reading for you or some kind of prediction or whatever. So stick around or fast forward to the end if you want to do that. The other thing that I've been doing um, is worrying far too much about what the sound sounds like and far too much about my ums and my ahs and my background noise because that's the thing that takes me it takes me like an hour or two to research um, the topics of the week of the day or the week or the two weeks or whatever. It takes me about an hour to record them, maybe a little less. Um, get into the mindset, set up my space, get prompt. Um, but it takes me about two to three hours just to fix the recording, <laughs> take out the certain parts. I hate hearing myself talk. Um, and so all of that is just really bogging me down. So I'm going to start this with this episode, episode 11 or 12. Um, whatever this is, I don't remember. I think it's episode 12. There's birds chirping in the background. My cats are probably going to run around behind me. There may or may not be a train. And if there is a train, I will pause the recording for the train to go through just for audio sake. But, um, I'm really hoping that being a little bit more authentic will help you connect a little bit better because part of my concern with the spiritual realm right now is that everybody's so lofty and all-knowing and woo-woo that they don't come down to earth to explain anything to baby witches or to new readers or whatever it is. So my hope for you is that, or my hope for myself is that I'm going to be um, grounded and real. And I don't think I've been doing that up till this point. I've been trying to put on a show um, and you're not getting a show anymore. (laughs) You're getting me. So hi, I'm Grace. Um, Actually, let's talk about, sure, why not? Um, In those couple of months, I've also been kind of thinking about my pronouns. Um, I would love it if you could use she, they to discuss me um, or to talk to me. I am kind of leaning more towards they some days and she other days. And so I think that's a really great middle point. And you know what? You're along for the journey with me right now. (laughs) You're along. Um, There's a really great podcast that I listen to um, called And That's Why We Drink, which is a paranormal and murder podcast um, with two really great people. And I'm listening backwards. And so I know that one of the main, one of the voices is non-binary, maybe trans mask. Um, but in the very beginning they get dead named and dead, um, uh, I don't know, dead misgendered all the time by the co-host. Cause she didn't know yet. <laughs> the other co-host had no idea. And so it kind of hurts me. And so I just wanted to start here and say that out loud. Um, is that I am non-binary some days <laughs> I might be Demi girl. I might be I don't, I don't know yet. I'm still in that process, but I think it's good for you to know ahead of time. I've been asking for people to email me. I did get one email, but it was a spam email. So my, my hopes were dashed a little bit. Um, but I, to be honest with you, um, it took, it took that other podcast. It's, it's so great to listen to podcasts be real. And that's kind of why I'm doing this now. It took that podcast 20 episodes to get their first Patreon donor. I don't even have a Patreon set up yet, Um, but it took them that many podcasts and they got so excited and it made me go, oh, I'm 12 episodes in, but that's nothing. There are 
<laughs> there are uh, 22 or 23 cards in the Major Arcana, 72 total. Um, there's runes. There's all kinds of things that I could do. So this is just the beginning. Um, what I would love is if there's any questions you have, email me, reach out. I'm on everything as Omens and Epiphanies because nobody had it yet. So I just grabbed it. Um, it's also omensandepiphanies.com. And um, sometimes it's an and, sometimes it's an ampersand. In my heart, it's an ampersand, but some places wouldn't allow it. But just come say hi to me. Um, I'm most active on TikTok right now because that's what I'm most active on on my personal account, Touch of Grace, where I do resume roasts, where I help people with their resumes. <laughs> um, but I am... I am on everything. So just if you have any questions or anything that you're curious about or anything that I said that you want to learn more about, please ask me. There are certain things that I'm saving for certain episodes. For instance, I have not talked about um, the afterlife yet because death hasn't come up yet, right? I haven't talked about astrology yet because I haven't gotten to the star, sun, and moon um, tarot cards. So there are certain things that I'm planning on doing, um, but this is... This is where I'm at right now. <laughs> I did do a basic overview, but um, I've been I've been wrong every time because every time I do more research, I go, oh, that's really cool. I want to learn more about that. And so I do. And then I share it with you. Also, I finally figured out how to use my microphone. So now it's actually like picking up my voice really well. So I don't have to worry about it. Hey. All right. Um, normally, I ask if you want to pause here, go get some tea, go get a journal. If you want to talk about the tarot with me, take some notes or whatever, but there's no, there's no, um, expectation that this is for you to study with or anything like that. I actually might even start, um, typing up my notes or posting them somewhere. So that way you can see what I'm doing behind the scenes. Um, but it's, they're a mess. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to just post a picture of them or anything like that. Um, but today we're going to talk about the hanged man. Um, now, the Hangman was one of my very first tarot cards. A long time ago, um, back in early 2000s, early 2010s, probably 2012. Let's just go with 2012. So about 10 years ago now, I um, went on a retreat to learn how to do tarot better. And by that, I mean that before that time, I had the Raider Waite Smith um, and I couldn't re I couldn't read it. I had to use the tarot Bible open next to me. The cards didn't make any sense. And so I went to this retreat to try to see if I could figure out how to do it without the book. And uh, on that retreat, we were on we were on sacred land. We were on um, land. Um, I should figure out who the peoples are that had the land before. But now it's a former tech guy, um, Buddhist monk who created who bought this land and then just has cultivated it. Um, and in, on that land, we did, we did so many exercises. And one of those was to go out into the woods with just a tarot deck that wasn't ours and a pillow and a recorder. So our phones and record ourselves doing a tarot reading, because one of the keys is that, um, as you're reading tarot, you're interpreting the card, um, you're channeling the information and you're hearing the information and interpreting it for yourself if you're doing a self-tarot reading. So the point of the exercise was to skip that um, step and just be one and then the other. So first you channel and then you hear, right? So that was the whole purpose of the exercise. 
couldn't do it. <laughs> um, I remember there was a four of something, but it was in Spanish and the deck didn't mean anything to me and I couldn't even figure out what the card was. So I just got really frustrated um, and my phone wouldn't work to record myself. But anyways, um, in that, on that land, in that process, there's a tree um, and the tree has this sort of figure number four where um, one of the branches sort of splits off and then comes back. So it, um, it makes, it makes the shape of the hanged man's foot in that typical Raider Waite Smith um, format. The hanged man is a scary card because people who don't read tarot think that it means some sort of death, right? A hanging is an ending to something. A hanging in medieval times was somebody took a noose, put it around your neck and dropped you. So your neck broke or sometimes it didn't break, but I digress. In tarot, that's not the case. In tarot, it's somebody who has purposefully decided to change their perspective and hang upside down, see the world from a different view. Have you ever been on your couch? <laughs> maybe it's just when, maybe it's just me. Maybe it was just when you were a kid. But I've been on my couch and I've sort of laid upside down um, where my feet are up the back of the couch and my back is on the seat of the couch and my head dangles down. And the world looks completely different. I see stuff in such a different point of view. That's the same thing that the hangman does. So it's changing your perspective. Um, the, uh, so in tarot, again, in tarot 101, which I'm using a lot. Um, so I'm going to get my book out. That was all, that was all off the cuff. Um, in tarot 101, that upside down, they agree that it's changing your perception. Um, it's, it's, but they go on to say that it's about feeling lost, turning your back onto God and descending into hell, which is very different than my version of this, where it's just, let's just look at the world a different way, you know? Um, normally in the tarot, this is tarot 101 still, um, the right leg is bent and the left leg is horizontal. Um, or usually it's vertical. I'm not really sure why it says that, but it's bent. Arms are spread wide and you're usually pointing up or sorry, well down, but up to the person who's hanging. This forms the symbol of a cross upon a triangle, which is the descent of light into darkness to redeem it. Sometimes the hangman will have a halo. Um, which is a holy realization or spiritual purity. There's frequently water, which is reflection or the abyss. Occasionally there's money falling, um, which is a recollection of the Italian punishment given to traitors. I don't, I don't a hundred percent understand that, but that's okay. If you do, tell me. Um, okay. Now here's where this gets really interesting. So, there's a whole story I'm about to tell you from North Norse mythology where Odin sacrifices himself to find the runes, but we're going to get really deep into that. So occasionally you'll see a spear, um, which is what Odin used to sacrifice himself and the tree. You'll even maybe see Odin um, or some sort of tree. So all of this is connected to the hanged man. Now, to be 100% honest with you, I did some of this... Um, research before I took a break. And so I'm not really sure. I don't remember why this comes in. Um, but, uh, Tara 101 says, um, quote, his world has been turned topsy turvy and he invites us to change our perspective and look at everything differently. Who is truly upside down? And then I have French Le Pendu is for pendulum and to ponder. 
That's the part that I don't know why I wrote that down. <laughs> I'm not really sure why that's part of this. Um, but this is a transformative experience. Um, you give yourself over, you surrender yourself to powerlessness in order to learn a powerful lesson. This is also a really good time to talk about reversals in tarot. So I've kind of touched on this before. I don't remember which episode it is, but um, I read reversals as internal processes. So when the hanged man is rever is normal, that's um, an external process. So I frequently see the hanged man as um, upside down, which is actually right side up because of the way the hanged man card looks. But the card itself is upside down, like the words are on the top. Um, if they're usually on the bottom, etc., And that is an internal process of looking inward to get a new perspective. So having that meditation time, that humility, um, to really see what's wrong inside and to be able to fix it. Okay. I'm going to show, I'm going to describe this one, <laughs> this one hanged man, um, from the light seers tarot. So in the Light Seer's Tarot, this card has a lot of green in it, um, but it kind of ranges from a yellowish green to a bluish green, where the yellowish green is from the um, the focus's head. It's that halo. And the bluish green is water beneath her. Um, now, this person isn't traditionally hung upside down, which is usually from one foot and then the other one is bent. No, this person's like an acrobat. They have that big old scarf that acrobats use to hang from the ceiling. Um, I don't know enough about acrobatics to tell you what kind of position this is, but um, she's almost like I was saying on the couch, except her feet are bent pointing downwards and her right arm is reaching back and holding her foot kind of as a counterbalance. She is though reaching down into the water and looking down into the water. Her eyes are closed while she's doing it. So it's almost like she's just doing it by feel rather than by sight, but she's reaching down to the water to get the runes. There are runes that are kind of floating in the water and they're not, it's not like they're inscribed in the water. It's like they're drawn out in the water and then sort of swirling around her. I'm not hundred percent sure if the actual runes are important, but let me go look and I'll tell you. I wrote down all the runes earlier so that way I don't have to go did I? Uh-oh. I did. Okay. Okay. So in the water, um, and I'm doing this, I don't, I didn't prepare this at a time, but is Thurisaz, which is a gateway, um, is Perth, which is initiation. Yeah. These are totally picked on purpose. Um, I know that one's a journey. Rido. Um, this one's Othelia, Othila, which is separation. Um, it looks like this one's kind of, it's sort of, um, turned weirdly, but I think it's ha uh, Hagalaz, which is disruption. Um, I see Gibo, which is partnership. I see, um, Dagaz, which is breakthrough. I see Manaz, which is the self. I see, um, Taiwaz, which is warrior. Um, and I think I see another Gibo, which is partnership, but it might be something else. It's just kind of hard to tell. So those are the ones that, um, this acrobat is reaching towards. So let's, um, this isn't really a weird transition and I'll show you why in just a second, but let's talk really quick about some Norse mythology. I got a lot of this from Norse 
hyphenmythology.org, which is a huge website of very digestible um, mythology and everything is linked. So if it says nine worlds, you can click on nine worlds to get to the nine worlds article. So it's all, it's a very deep rabbit hole, um, which is, was very intimidating. <laughs> and that's one reason why I kind of stopped for a little bit. Cause I really wanted to get, I wanted to do this justice. Um, but I've done very little research on Norse mythology ahead of time, uh, like before now. So, um, in, so Norse mythology, the center of the universe is the world tree or Yggdrasil. Now, again, I'm going to apologize. I am not Norse. I do not know the actual pronunciations. So that's Y-G-G-D-R-A-S-I-L. See, you hear that? I heard my cats. So normally what I do um, is I'll take all my cats' collars off. <laughs> I'll turn off every fan. Um, I used to unplug the microwave. Or no, I used to unplug the um, cat water fountains. So he's about to jump up. Okay, I think I'm back. <laughs> he he kind of jumped up and walked over my keyboard, so it stopped the recording and then restarted from the beginning, but I didn't record. I didn't re-record anything, so we're good. Um, okay, so the world tree is the center of the cosmos, and um, there's nine worlds in Norse mythology that are held together with the branches and the roots of this tree. Now, when it says roots, it doesn't mean the roots go straight down. They kind of, they kind of um, merge and go different directions. Don't stop this again. Okay. Bye. I love all of my cats. Um, okay. So the three main routes um, go to Midgard, which is where the land of mankind is. Um, Jutunheim, which is the world of giants. And Hell, the underworld. Now, Hell is H-E-L. It's also the leader of the underworld. Um, but Midgard's around the trunk of the tree. Hell is obviously below it. And um, the branches also touch other worlds. But those are the three main roots of the world tree. There's other worlds that are attached. Now, apparently, <laughs> there was probably never a map. And the different um, uh, information from Norse mythology doesn't specifically say which of the nine realms are attached to the tree. But... There's uh, six others. So there's Asgard and Vanaheim, which are both um, places where Godin live. Godin is the plural or non-binary of God and goddess. Um, Nilfheim, the world of ice, the elemental world of ice. Musepelheim, the elemental world of fire. Alfheim, the world of the elves. And Nidravalier. Nid, Nidravalier, sure. The land of the dwarves. Below the tree, there's at least one well. <laughs> the well of fate there might be three wells we're not again we're not really sure norse mythology seems to be very fluid um and i actually really like that about it i'm finding norse mythology to be too really interesting and um despite modern renditions of the gods in marvel's avengers uh, i still find it to be um interesting in its own right without the superhero aspect now in that well um, there are three maidens. They have a keen mental discernment um, and they create the fates of all beings. They do that by carving um, runes into the trunk that shapes the fate and carries the intentions of their runes to all nine worlds. Again, this is still from norse-mythology.com or sorry, .org. 
Um, runes are not just letters. So in Latin, all of our letters are just letters. But in um, Norse mythology, runes are symbols of some of the most powerful forces in the co uh, cosmos. The word rune means both letter and secret or mystery. Now, these runes allow one to access, interact with, and influence the world-shaping forces. So um, Odin, the god of the gods, king of the gods, um, was uncovering, he was, he, he really wanted to uncover um, this potent system of magic. He wanted to have the power that the Norns do. But the runes reveal only to those proven worthy. So what he did was on the world tree, sorry, and the runes exist in the well of fate that the Norns, the three maidens live in. Okay. Which sound a lot like the, um, um, ha the hag maiden crone. No, um, woman maiden crone of, of Wiccanism. So I find that very interesting. So the runes reveal themselves only to those proven worthy. So what Odin did is he hung himself on the world tree, pierced himself with his own spear and peered into the well, by the way, upside down. So he has to be able to peer into the well for nine days. Maybe not, maybe not actually. Maybe he just looked down into it. Um, he called into the well for nine days for the runes to come to him. So it took nine days and nine nights. And on the ninth night, they revealed themselves and their secrets. The world tree, um, the Yggdrasil uh, shortens to terrible horse. Yg is terrible, Drasil is horse. And it's called that because of this poetic imagery of the tree as the gallows bearing Odin's limp body. He must have done it by, I was thinking it was upside down because of all the hanged man stuff, but we're going to go for this. Now in that process, part of him died. This is, I'm going to quote straight from um, Havamal 137-138, which sounds like a Bible thing, but it's actually the Norse mythology version. So in this, he says, quote, I trow I hung on that windy tree nine whole days and nights, stabbed with a spear offered to Odin, myself to mine own self given. High on that tree of which none hath heard from what roots it rises to heaven, None refreshed me ever with food or drink. I peered right down into the depth. Uh, sorry. I peered right down into the deep. Crying aloud, I lifted the runes. Then I fell back from thence. So he got the runes. He sacrificed himself to himself. Um, he forbade any of the gods from feeding him or giving him any sort of um, uh, nourishment during this time. He did die but part of him lived. So the rune said, ah, you are worthy. And then that's how be, he became one of the most powerful deities in all of um, Asgard or in all of the nine worlds, truly. So the imagery from um, the Lightseer's Tarot, while not being Odin, really is a, um, a testament to his strength. So the acrobat reaching down into the water for the runes is tapping into that innate power in yourself and sacrificing part of yourself in order to reach that magic, right? 
you're trying to get the mystery of the rune so you can use them to create fate. <laughs> oh, I love it. Like, this is so cool. Oh my gosh. Is this not cool? This is freaking cool. Okay. So with all that being said, <laughs> um, this is a, uh, so in Wiccanism and in Paganism, so in Wiccanism, you work with a deity. You usually work with two. It's the great God and the great lady, um, Pan and whoever else. So it depends on who you are, who your coven is, but usually work with somebody. Witches will also work with patrons or deities. But, um, so I got a lot of this information from the traveling witch and she needs you to know that you do not have to work with a god and to be an effective witch. Deity work and patron work are not required to be a witch. Everything that you do, and this goes for everybody, the magic you do comes from in yourself. It's manifesting and it's, it's shadow work and it's, um, living your life authentically and, if you do work with a patron, that could be a really great focus for your energy. Um, it could be uh, somebody you can talk to. It can be somebody that you work with. But um, it's not the end-all be-all. And it's certainly not necessary. Okay. Um, she goes on to say that um, this is a relationship. So if you're going to work with a deity, truly this is like back in my lover's episode. You have to treat this like a relationship. You have to define your needs ahead of time. We have to manifest um, our needs or else you're just going to fall for the first person that walks through that door. <laughs> we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that with people. We don't want to do that with deities. We don't want to do it with spirit uh, workers. We don't want to do it with anybody. So we need to define your needs. If one of your goals is to do shadow work, you might find a deity who is amazing at shadow work. If you do not want to even touch shadow work yet because you're not in a good headspace, you're not ready, maybe you don't want a deity that does that. Now, also, you're not stuck with your first deity. So if you meet a deity, you do your work with them, maybe it's time to let them go. Maybe it's time to just go on and move on. Um, and so you're allowed to break up with your deity. Also... Just like in relationships, this is not from the traveling witches. This is just something I came up, I thought of. Um, you really need to show love to your deity in some way. So there's those five different love languages, quality time, giving gifts, um, touch, which is kind of hard, but maybe, maybe you can figure out a way. So figure out what your love language is and meditate on what your deity's love language is. It's not going to, you can't just Google like what's Odin's love language. But obviously, 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 because I'm an Odin uh, knowledgeable now because I did the research on the world tree. No, no. I would assume that because Odin gave nine days and nine nights of themselves, that that kind of sacrifice is what they're looking for from you. Time, right? They're looking for quality time. How do you find a deity? If you've decided to work with one and you've defined your space and you defined your needs, to be honest, um, sometimes just that interest in a deity could be all that's needed. So maybe my, um, my research into Odin has helped open that gate. I don't think it is. I'm not getting like a chill or anything or any sort of like 
feeling. Um, but if you are a different person, maybe that's the case. So maybe if you're really, um, interested in Persephone, you're going to start researching Persephone, uh, reading those amazing comics, by the way, from Webtoon. Um, what's that called? Lore Olympus. Um, or maybe you need to go and do a meditation or ritual. Reading tarot cards is a really great way to find a deity. Um, Hella Namaste, which I actually really love that name, um, gives a bunch of different options. I'm just going to, I'm going to bullet point them instead of going to the detail that they did. So if you want, you can go check out that article. Um, they said, Hey, check out your life path numerology. By the way, this is the 12th card. The numerology of one and two is a three. So it's joy and harmony. Just so we know here. Also the, um, I don't, I don't see the letter on here, but there should be a Hebrew letter of mem, which is water and chaos. So I love all those things together. Joy, harmony, water, and chaos is the Hank man. Okay. Um, so do your, uh, life path numerology that might direct you to your God. If you, um, do astrology, check your chart ruler. Um, in medieval times, I don't know, whatever. I don't know history that well, y'all. But the Greek empire, the Greek empire became the Roman empire. Well, the Romans, listen, all I know is that the Greek gods got renamed into the Roman gods, which were, they were named the planets. So like, for instance, Zeus in Greek is Jupiter in Roman, uh, the Roman god. Jupiter is the same as Zeus. So if you check your astrology, your chart ruler might be the same as a Greek or Roman god. That's all I'm saying. Um, keep an eye on symbols and motifs. So this is in your world. This is in your um, tarot cards. If you keep, if you always draw stars on your paper or hearts on your paper, may that maybe that's a specific deity that has that sort of symbol. Pay attention to your dreams. If you open up, if you have done the work to define your needs, your dreams might start to bring um, deities towards you. And she also says internet quizzes. <laughs> so you can do an internet quiz. Just look up like who's my patron deity or something and then it'll pop up and give you a quiz and you can take as many of them as you want to. Eventually something's going to land on you if you're truly meant to do patron deity work and you've set up the boundary of what you're looking for. Eventually something will fall into your lap. Um, the other thing that I, this is again, this, so this is no longer not hella namaste. This is me. Um, I've noticed that, um, when I started doing shaman, sh shamanic work, I, um, somebody told me that it, the, sh the, the spirits come to you in sets of three. So, um, you hear the name, you see the name or sorry, you hear the name, you see the animal, um, you, hear the animal's call, you see it written somewhere, somebody says it to you. So they're in three different forms. When I went to Hawaii, there was turtles everywhere. So I told, <laughs> I told the spirit that they had to show up in fives because it was so likely that threes would happen, right? Like there has to be sets of three. So, so far I've already talked about Odin and the runes on the hanged man card reminded me of Odin. So if I hear it one more time today, maybe I'll actually look into this, but I don't know if that's my deity. We'll see. We'll see. It's really intimidating, but we'll get there. 
there's also a different deity that I don't know if I'm allowed to say, um, but that kept showing up and showing up and showing up. And so I started kind of looking more into this deity. Now, I want you to do your research. <laughs> so if a deity is reaching out to you and you're like, I don't know who this is. And it turns out that they're um, really common, like a shadow work deity from from the nether realms of, of the pits of hell and you don't want to work with them, you can say no. <laughs> you're allowed. It's like uh, it's like when you're on a date and then you look them up on Facebook later and you're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> no, that's some red flags on that Facebook. Who's that lady? Is that your wife? Probably, you know, like, so we got to move on sometimes. Okay. Now, here's my anti-racism <laughs> plea, okay? As we're doing this work, because you're all along the, you're here with me now. Okay. You're, you're part of my coven. Welcome to the coven, Omens and Epiphanies. Please stay away from other cultures' gods. It's not for you. They're not for you. We do not culturally appropriate other um, gods. Plus, if you would tap into your ancestral history, it'll be a deeper, more potent connection. So if part of your ancestry comes from Egypt, maybe Egyptian gods are your jam. If you're from the, you know, Western Europe, potentially, maybe it's a Norse mythology or a Greek mythology or a Roman mythology. Okay, check, check your own culture. <laughs> um, if you're not native, stay away from native gods. And by native, I mean Native American or um, really literally anything that's not yours. A lot of people I've seen will do a pendulum reading where they get a name because what you can do for pendulums is you can set up a board and then instead of yes, no, maybe, there's all of the letters of the alphabet around it. And then you start, it starts swinging to different letters. It's kind of like an, a, a Ouija board, but safer. Um, so it starts swinging different letters and you're like, please tell me who my deity is. And it might say like, and you're like, I've never heard that word before in my life. Maybe, maybe don't do that. Because <laughs> what you're going to do is you're going to look up a deity that's close to that name and it's going to be not yours. And you're just going to say, well, the Ouija board told, or not the Ouija board, the pendulum told me you're my god. Okay, so stay away from other cultures' gods, please. Maybe not even please, just don't do it, okay? Um, now, what what is a deity? <laughs> I, me personally, I think it's an energy field that you're tapping into from, um, from the worship that happened years and years and years ago. People have put in time in... Um, and energy into this um, vision of a god. And so you're tapping into those, that years and years and years and years of history, into that energy bank and utilizing that in your own practice. So please be very careful when working with the past energies. Be respectful, be kind, be open be respectful. Okay. So we're going to just, we're going to be nice as if you are going to work with deities, please be nice about it. Okay. Um, so that is, so that was our omen. 
Hangman, and our Epiphany, working with gods and the Norse mythology background. I'm going to um, take out my tarot deck. I am going to shuffle it, but if it's not a nice noise on here, I will take it out later. But I'm going to go grab a tarot deck. So I want you to think of a question that you have. And I also want you to think of a number one, two, or three. Because I'm going to read three different cards. And whichever one you chose is the one that you um, need to listen to, need to hear. Now, please don't do a yes or no question because these are not going to be yes or no answers. I will do those in a different episode. But today, I just want you to think of a question, um, maybe some sort of direction, maybe um, something that's blocking you, whatever it is. So think of that and a number one through three. This is a deck I don't use very frequently. Um, I have the Idiosyncra deck from J-Bots, I think her name is. Um, the Cracked Amethyst is her other name. And the Oracle deck that comes with it. So I'm going to shuffle both. So if you need, pause this if you haven't finished your question yet, okay? Also, I need you to trust yourself. So if you're waffling between two questions, sorry, if you're waffling between two cards, um, pick, just pick one. And then I need you to trust yourself that your guides are giving you the correct information. Don't second guess it and say, oh, actually the other one fit better. Just see how it fits, okay? See how it clicks into place. And if you can't think of anything, it's okay. Maybe this is not your question. Maybe this is not your answer. I'm trying to read for however many people listen to this in the past, in the future. So, okay. So if you chose number one, um, <laughs> I'm dead. This is the hanged man. <laughs> if you chose number one, you need to get a new perspective. Um, this is, uh, I love this deck. So it's actually a sloth hanging from a branch and he's just kind of looking at me and smiling. Okay. So I'm going to also add that we want to take it slow as you're doing your journey. Um, so take it slow, get a new perspective. <laughs> I'm broken. If you chose number two, you got the tower reversed, which I'm going to read as you have some internal turmoil that's coming to a head soon. It'll only affect you. You're the one that brought it on. It's nobody else's fault but your own. But here's what happens. So this tower card is a volcano. After volcano, there's this beautiful growth that happens because that for that um, ash, that soil is so fertile and it spreads out over the whole land and anything that died um, with a seed comes back again. So you have to kind of hold on, run away for a little bit maybe, but when you come back, there's going to be such fertile land to grow the next step of your journey on that you're going to be just fine. Okay. So don't stress about it. And then if you chose number three, you got the Knight of Swords. Now we have not talked at all about the Major Arcana, or sorry, we've talked a lot about the Major Arcana. We haven't talked about the Minor Arcana yet. Um, so the Knight is um, one step above the page. So the page is very um, free and frolicky in the in the feelings. A knight is a little bit more secure, but it's not as secure as a queen or a king is. So this knight is um, has one sword balanced in a rock, but it doesn't look like it's really balanced. And swords are action. So what I want you to do, if you chose number three, is to take you're going to take the sword. It's about to fall. 
So go pick out the sword and do something with it. <laughs> do the action. Go forth. Huzzah! I don't know. So I hope that helps you. <laughs> Let me know if it does. Um, again, this is Omens and Epiphanies. You can find me on everything. I'm on Instagram, Twitter. Instagram's where I put all my pictures, by the way. Um, Twitter, I'm not on as frequently because I'm not as good at Twitter. It just, it's intimidating because anybody can see what I respond to. It's like weird. Um, TikTok, where I'm going to start doing how-to videos on like how to shuffle, how to just like one minute videos. Um, and Facebook. And I also have omensandepiphanies.com or omensandepiphanies at gmail.com if you want to reach out, ask me any questions. And the thing that I've heard uh, other podcasters say is that apparently liking and reviewing on whatever platform you listen to me helps other people hear what I'm doing. I haven't told my family yet because sometimes I complain about people that I know <laughs> and I don't want them to know and listen. Um, but maybe I will one day. We'll see. <laughs> so share the word with your friends. I would really appreciate it. And welcome to the coven. Okay, bye.